Hey friends, it's Daniel Schreiner with the Disciple Hinson Podcast. We are back with another episode after a little hiatus. We'll continue to try to get out an episode a week, but I guess I can't make any promises. And this week, though, we have a good one. We have Neil and Whitney both together, the Woolards, to talk to us about dating, how to think biblically and wisely about the subject matter that can carry a lot of angst. Uh, They should write a book together because they've got some good things to say. Hope you are helped and encouraged. Neil and Whitney, welcome to the Disciple Hinson podcast. Woohoo! Woohoo! Hello, welcome. Usually, I start these podcasts by asking you guys or the guest to really delve into the depths of your identity and who you are. But you guys are like Mr. and Mrs. Hinson. <laughs> uh, no introduction necessary. Um, you guys are married to one another. The, yeah, we are. we are married. For how long? To start. This uh, September will be 14 years. 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just barely beat Ashley and I. We're about to celebrate 13. Hey, nice. Yeah. So, the, um, so did you guys date or court? <laughs> <laughs> this is before you were married. This was before, before okay. married, yes. Yes, we, Neil, We dated. Uh, we actually knew each other for quite a while before. Uh, so once we actually decided we wanted to pursue one another, we, we dated and it was pretty quick. For us. Yeah, we were uh, working on staff in the same, uh, just kind of in the, running in the same mm-hmm. circles, in the same ministry circles, and on staff together at a church for three years beforehand. So mm-hmm. then once Neil told me he liked me, it was very intentional at that point. It was about three months of dating, two and a half months of engagement, and then a marriage all under a wedding, so all under six months. Oh, wow. But so those three years before were really key, though we mm-hmm. weren't dating and building that friendship. Yep. Okay. You were building the friendship. Yeah. yeah. We had yeah. a really deep friendship, actually. I felt pretty uh, protective of her. Uh, we would have a lot, a lot of good conversation. Um, yeah, so we knew each other really well before we actually started dating. We have developed, we really developed, and this is going to be like a spoiler alert for, I think, the guiding um, rule of thumb for dating, but we had really developed a a good New Testament model um, friendship uh, of treating one another like brothers and sisters, as mm-hmm. Paul instructs Timothy in, in First Timothy. And so, um, in many ways, as weird as that sounds, we had developed a, a godly brother-sister-like friendship um, that went on for three years before we had such a quick dating and then such a quick engagement. Mm-hmm. So how old were you guys when you guys were friends slash and then into dating? You're well, in your okay, 20s? So, uh, yeah, so I was... Well, tw- Neil doesn't like this story. I met him when I was 17, uh-huh. So, and he's older than me, so he, yeah. he feels I'm like... six years older than Whitney, and so we. Uh, she actually came on staff at the church right after she graduated high school, and so it was at that point I actually started to get to know her. But that point, it truly was like a brother-sister type relationship, and I, I admired her walk with the Lord, which is why at times I was protective over her during those years. But yeah, so we, she was 20 when we actually started dating. And you were 26. And I was 26. So I met him at 17. We really became, mm-hmm. uh, began working together and became friends when I was 18 and he was 24. Mm-hmm. And then when I turned 20, it was like this <laughs> really, like this shift from like she would be an amazing wife for someone to like, wait, hey, she's in her 
20s now, she might be an amazing wife for me. He actually, on my 20th birthday, gave me a CD of like one of my <laughs> favorite artists, which he never did anything like that. And I was like, oh, well, this is a game changer. <laughs> and he gave it to me really awkwardly. He just like, was like, here, here's a CD. And it just like handed it to me. And ran away. And walked away. And I was like, what just happened? Did Neil Woolard give me a CD, a birthday gift? So yeah, turning 20 kind of changed the game. So, um, and then did you guys uh, have a DTR at, at any point um, soon after the CD gift? Do you know what I mean by DTR? Uh, okay. Define the relationship. Yes. Right? I think yeah. everyone knows about the DTR. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Had yeah. many in my life. Yeah. How long you was still it? have to do remember. them some from here, from time to time, right? Even in marriage. Oh, of years. course, <laughs> of <laughs> course. <laughs> yeah, we are yeah. married. Continually talk about your relationship when you. So married. it was maybe a few months to answer your question. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, it was January 26th. He gave me the CD, uh, which was shocking. And then um, we started, you told me you liked me, and we started dating on St. Patrick's Day. So like, mm-hmm. what is that, like March 17th or something? So what, two months after the CD, it came pretty quick. Okay. Uh, one last question about you guys. I mean, you can add personal touches throughout. Sure. Because uh, I could do this all day. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so your it was what you were experiencing before you started dating, and even as you started dating, was that countercultural to your uh, kind of community at the time, or was there a good kind of culture of male female friendship um, that was respectful, and then good uh, also culture of of dating in the church that you were in or in that community? Yeah, I don't know that I would say for sh- for sure. I don't know if there was a good culture of dating. There mm-hmm. wasn't really much teaching or instruction at all there. Um, I, I I think men and women would hang out in, in groups together pretty often. Okay, so, so that was good. Okay, so I, I don't think it wasn't like a junior high high dance with guys on one side and girls on the other. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there wasn't much teaching on it or helpful instruction. And I would say the church we were at was a large, very evangelistic church. And so we reached out to a lot of broken people. So most people who were in the church had pretty broken past, including mm-hmm. like sexually broken past, mm-hmm. relationally broken past. Mm-hmm. And so though that would have, you would think, mandate really good teaching. Yeah, without the teaching on that, and then with a large gathering of people with broken past, I would say, no, I, what we did was pretty countercultural to how the standard of dating was at the time, and certainly to mm. the world standard of dating, yeah. So how did you learn to do that? If you're going against the grain a bit, how, how did you learn how to have a, a healthy friendship and then to date? Like, where were you taking your cues? Were you listening to Focus on the Family? <laughs> I mean, what was going on there? Mm. On, yeah. uh, do you want to say how it really, it was like God's providence in our own brokenness, actually. Yeah, you can go for it. Well, you, well, my side was that uh-huh. I didn't get saved until I was about 16, and I had had a lot of bad ex, um, relationships before, uh, and a lot of pr- uh, a lot of promiscuous relationships, a lot of brokenness. So I didn't uh, kiss dating goodbye or anything like that. But I knew myself, and and I knew that I couldn't be in a healthy relationship at the time. Hmm. So I was just cultivating my relationship with Christ, which was central. And so from 16 to 20, when I uh, married Neil, started dating Mary Neil, um, I really just didn't date in that period, not because I think dating's wrong, but because I knew myself and I knew every time. There was a proverb I read um, right after I got saved and it really influenced, um, it, was prop- it was in Proverbs 6, 
and it just said, um, it essentially said, I'd love to give you the exact quote, but it essentially said, um, can a man hold fire to his chest and not get burned? And the Lord brought me to that text really early on. And I thought, I can't date guys and not get attached emotionally, sexually, um, just in really unhealthy ways. So I just wasn't at that time dating. So that it was a personal conviction because of my own past. And for me, I, I had actually come out of a broken engagement where I did a lot of things wrong and had a lot of repenting to do. So I think there was a desire, like a holy fear, both of, I didn't want to do that again. And then secondly, I think for both of us, as we talked about it before, I think just fear of the Lord, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. helped helped us from pushing relationships too far, too early, these kinds of things, and even served as bumpers in our dating relationship, which there are things we could have done better there as well. But I think fear of the Lord really kept us. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we were both in these seasons of healing, providentially it kept us from dating other people while simultaneously we were working on a staff together and cultivating this friendship where we weren't considering dating at all at the time of each other. So it really was the Lord's providence mm-hmm. in giving us both a season to heal, protecting us from anything else and then in the right time kind of being like, "Oh, wait." We have this amazing friendship. We both love Jesus. We both love the mission mm-hmm. of the church. We're really attracted to yep. each other. Like maybe this is a this could be it, you yeah. know? Praise God. Yeah. Thank you guys yeah. for sharing Absolutely. that. That's really helpful. Uh, well, what we want to do now is just take the next 15, 20 minutes and give like really some bullet points, um, guidance and Christian wisdom from both from your experience and from your, your all's thinking. Uh, just to, for the listeners, Neil and Whitney, along with the Lawrences, have been doing some, some teaching and speaking to the young adults on this subject, on marriage, on friendship, on sex. I think, did you guys speak last we last didn't. night on that no. okay michael making... did and then we have we're breaking up when we are doing panels uh this coming monday okay so i'm, I'm going to just encourage you guys you don't have to nuance everything because this is a, obviously a very nuanced issue but just we're gonna people this is for the people of henson and they can follow up and ask questions um and then you know for all the young adults they'll have that opportunity here in a little bit so um first off is dating biblical <laughs> Uh, I can jump in. Yeah, I don't okay. think dating as a category w- was a ca- that didn't exist during when the scripture was written. I think that's really come recently uh, with modernity and a lot of individualism. So even the idea of having a choice of who you'd want to marry uh, is a relatively new idea. So dating as we know it, uh, no, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily in scripture. However, I think we do see in scripture. Um, some principles for how to treat people as we try to discern who we want to marry. That's great. Yeah, and I think that that guiding principle and the I was pretty excited on the panel because I said this and then Michael agreed and so I felt really <laughs> good about myself. Um, but it is the First Timothy five one mm. through two. Paul tells Timothy, "Don't rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father; younger men as brothers; older women as mothers; and the younger women as sisters, with all purity." So the New Testament metaphor that's most commonly used for relationships within the church, within um, the body of Christ, is familial language. So when we think of dating, we need to start as Christians be uh, thinking in, in New Testament categories of, of family. Mm-hmm. This is my brother. This is my sister. And so I'm going to treat this person with 
honor, care, respect, love, protection. I mean, all these all these things that we would do with, with biological family, that mm-hmm. is the closest thing we get in the Bible to what we should be pursuing when we're quote unquote dating. Okay, that's, that's great. What about the, uh, so you could say that one of the goals um, and purposes of dating is to cultivate these um, familial type friendships, but um, obviously there's something more going on when you're pursuing intentionally mm-hmm. the with the possibility of getting married. So anything that you would fill out in terms of like, what's the goal? What are we doing? What's the purpose of a dating relationship or whatever you want to call it? I think that's a great question. I think you have to know what this is heading towards for mm-hmm. it to be a healthy mm-hmm. relationship. So all... Uh, dating relationships are eventually pointed at this question of marriage. Am I supposed to marry this person or not? And dating is a part of this process of discerning, Mm -hmm. is this the person that I should marry? Now, during this, you don't, this season, you don't get away from the familial language. So it's still based and rooted in uh, brother-sister categories. But to this point, there is slowly increasing um, emotional intimacy as you slowly get to know each other, as you talk about theology, ecclesiology, these types of things. And so the goal is to discern, is this someone I should marry or not? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think marriage is the aim and go- discerning if you are supposed to, or if you, not supposed to, that's such a, I think, a worldly term. <laughs> mm. Are you going to choose to marry this person? Good. I'm discerning that is, is, is the is the aim of dating, is cultivating that friendship, which leads to a more what we would call dating. And I think it's fine to use that language because that's the cultural language we mm-hmm. have right now. Mm-hmm. And then into marriage. That doesn't mean every marriage relationship is going to end in, I mean, every, every dating relationship is going to end in marriage, but it's a process of discernment. And you might well both discern it's not the right person. And and if you have walked in this familial relationship in all purity, then a breakup, though painful maybe, can be just as godly as the dating relationship. That's mm-hmm. great. Okay, I feel like this is the perfect question to ask you guys in particular, because I've encountered two different kinds on both kind of ends of the spectrum, dating cultures and churches. One, the dating culture, which is the purpose is kind of like marriage isn't even mentioned in terms of the purpose or mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. dating for fun. We mm-hmm. date for fun mm-hmm. in this kind of in this culture. Uh, the, the, the culture that I'm actually a little more familiar with, just based on the churches that I've been a part of, is it's like so intentional and like talking about marriage and kids is maybe happening on that first coffee date. (laughs) And uh, when a girl is asked for coffee, Mm -hmm. it just becomes like really serious Mm -hmm. and uh, to the point that it's just kind of intense. Mm -hmm. So the question is this, how do you strike a balance between keeping it chill and not super intense um, just to go for a guy and a girl and, and, you know, a single gal and girl Mm -hmm. who are, are friends to go grab coffee um, and how, how do you strike that balance is yeah, what I'm trying yeah. to ask. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few things come to mind. First, uh, just to remember this isn't marriage. And so to remove all of that pressure on the front end of working mm-hmm. through all this, actually it's a slow, gradual thing typically, especially mm-hmm. if you're developing that friendship. So let that take the pressure off. Uh, secondly, uh, kind of building on that is to realize that a breakup is okay. And it can be good. It's hard, mm-hmm, but it, mm-hmm. but it is okay. And then and then thirdly, just to um, just I think to I well here's I guess what I would say is a culture where a breakup is okay 
and it's not viewed as a lack of commitment to the Lord or to the other, I, I think it's pretty important. So the, the flip side of that, as I would say that, at the same token, if you're pursuing someone, you need to be serious about it. It's not haphazard either, yeah. right? Yeah, and I would say, I mean, mm-hmm. it. it's really funny because I came from the far end of, you know, dating had no purpose, no aim. And so mm-hmm. when I got saved, uh, things changed. But in this culture, Dan, you're right, since we are talking to Henson Baptist Church right now, I've had had more conversations with girls than I would have expected to say, like, hey, you need to be attracted to this person. Like, chemistry does matter. Mm. It's okay. Like, do you even, are you even attracted to him? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. like he's the most spiritual man in the world and I think God told me to marry him. It's like, hey, are you attracted to him? Okay, yes, you are. Okay, does he love Jesus? Okay, Mm. great. Can, do you guys have fun together? Are you going out in groups? Like, just practical things. Hang out, like hang out in group settings. Hang out with people of the opposite sex. Go to lunch dates after church. Go to, um, you know, create game nights. Create environments where you guys are spending time with each other. And then I see there's kind of escalating, uh, like Neil was speaking to, uh, uh, discussion points early on. Yes, find out about faith and commitment to Jesus and love for the Lord and the church. You know, you don't have to have a revelation from God that your future spouse should be a Christian and be a part of the local church. Those are just things that are clear, you know, so find those things out. Right. And then interest, Mm -hmm. hobbies, personality types, and then you slowly work your way to career, life goals, family. Do you want to have kids? How many kids? Finances. And then eventually you get to sexual past, um, sexual preferences in the past. And so there's this escalation of conversations you should be having. But in the beginning, there should be attraction and fun. I I remember once someone was dating, uh, I I had a girl come to me for counsel and, and the dating, it was like marriage. I said, listen, like, in marriage, you're gonna have to work through like a lot of stuff. I don't know if the early stage of dating should be this hard. I mean, there were wrestling, it was just incredibly hard. She was trying to commit to someone she didn't even know if she liked because she felt like the Lord was leading there. And it was just kind of distorted. There needs to be, I, I mean, it should be joyful. It should be an enjoyable experience in the beginning. You should like this person. That's that's really good, but maybe not like them too much. Let's think talk about boundaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but any thoughts on on boundaries? Uh, so say you're you do really enjoy this this person um, a lot, and uh, you're thinking you're you know what I've often encountered is it's almost like the dating relationship is like a mini, they're like pretending to be married. It seems mm-hmm. like they're married. They're always mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, or so, so talk about how we can think without being legalistic or laying down law necessarily. What are some, what, what's wisdom, Christian wisdom, when it comes to physical, spiritual, emotional boundaries? We want to give nine marks a shout out right here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, being a part of, a, like truly being a part of a mm-hmm. local church where you are known and, and you know others and are being known. So I don't think you have to be in transparent community with every single person in the body, but you need to be, um, both of you dating, need to be in a transparent community with a couple key people from your local church who know you, who are asking you hard questions, who are investing in your life, who are giving you wisdom. And those emotional, spiritual, and physical boundaries, um, don't just set those on your own. Ask for wisdom. Ask Mm -hmm. for counsel. Know yourself. Um, You should have people in your life who are asking you, 
if you're kissing, if you're making out, if where you're touching, if you're um, how much emotional, especially for women, I find I need to ask how much emotional mm -hmm. and mental time is being spent thinking about this person, obsessing over this person. Is this the only thing you're talking about? So asking the hard questions and and I like I love to be Neil and I love to be that in people's lives, but people need to give us permission in the appropriate relationships. If they feel like we're safe or someone else is safe, mm -hmm. they need to say, "Hey, we want our dating relationship to be open with you all," which means like let's have all the discussions, get wisdom, get discernment, get insight from people mm -hmm. who know you and can speak into that relationship in the local church. Yep. Tag you in. Yeah, tag. I'm in. Uh, you know, physically, we were talking earlier about how a, a breakup can be a good and godly thing. Mm -hmm. And while it's always going to be somewhat hard, the degrees of difficulty of how hard that is can change. F physicality with one another is like the number one thing uh, that will affect that. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. again, with this foundation that you're treating this person like a sister in Christ, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think you need to really consider and fight against um, uh, how physical your relationship gets and actually to try and, and stay back from that. One other category I give is uh, is boundaries on worship. Uh, one of the things that we say in, in premarital counseling a lot is that uh, spouses can make a great spouse, but a terrible God. Mm -hmm. And that happens mm, the same good. thing like in, a, in a dating mm -hmm. relationship. Um, that could be That's a, usually my line, actually. Hey, we share. <laughs> <laughs> Beat you to it this time. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, <laughs> taking my <That> line. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, just hoping that uh, in the dating relationship, you're pointing one another to Christ. So you're truly trying to worship Christ mm -hmm. before one another. Yeah. And if that's not sorted in the dating relationship, uh, mm -hmm. you're going to be very disenchanted with marriage. It, it's going to become very problematic. If you are worshiping the person you are dating, it may work through the dating relationship, to be honest, because there's still all these boundaries and you're not living with them, ideally, in a godly <laughs> dating relationship. But mm -hmm. marriage will become very disenchanting and difficult because, um, yeah, like Neil said, uh, uh, people make good spouses, but bad gods. That's good. Um, this is not, uh, this is a little bit of a rough transition, but is the dude the spiritual leader in a, in a dating relationship? I'm just going to ask it like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were just talking about that and even what language the scripture uh, uses. But I will say this in a dating relationship, um, again, you're, you're not married yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so whatever you see about teaching about marriage that's, that's not you yet. Mm -hmm. However, I think in the same way, there's this growing sense of uh, emotional transparency that slowly happens. Mm -hmm. I think slowly you start taking steps towards that as well. So what does it look like in a dating relationship over time to slowly uh, you know, talk about what does it look like for this guy to like give his life for the sister in Christ during mm -hmm. the season? You start going through those categories. But I'll say this, uh, I, I would encourage some guys to not overstep those bounds mm -hmm. early on. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't, you're not responsible for her in that way mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. So I think moving towards one another. And I, uh, uh, just as a caution to women, I would be very leery of mm -hmm. a man who is trying to assert some type of authority over me in a dating relationship. And this can come mm -hmm. out in small ways, but I, I just feel like, if he's doing that in, in, a, in just the beginning or even, you know, in a dating relationship, I think it's going to reveal a more authoritarian aspect to him that could really become a huge problem in marriage. And I'm not mm -hmm. talking about godly 
male leadership. I'm talking about if he's trying to submit authority over you in a dating relationship, I I th- I would have so I would be cautious with that. I think that's especially a good word for for our church based on some of the backgrounds that people come out of. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm also uh, familiar with like I guess one specific scenario. Is it okay? Some some of our sisters at the church might be wondering who are single. Is it okay for me to ask a guy out? From that, from that kind of. Well, you know, um, I go to the Book of Ruth. She proposed to Boaz, <laughs> so that's not, you know, the cultural precedent. Even now, it's still at less Sadie common. Hawkins. Yeah, it's, it's Reliant K. There goes yeah, the great song. But um, I do think it's okay for a woman to initiate. Um, or even just like I think of Ruth, and even though I'm not telling anyone to go to the threshing floor at midnight after someone's had a few drinks, but um, what I am saying and what I see there is she is upheld as the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31. Uh, you know how um, uh, mm-hmm. Hebrews used uh, the story of Ruth to illustrate Proverbs 31, which I think is fascinating. And she took risks. She um, made herself available. She took off her garments of mourning and put herself in the place that Boaz was. She made it clear that she was open to marriage. And then in this unique situation, she did actually propose to Boaz. So I'm not saying go propose to every guy you meet, but I think this idea that the guy has to initiate everything um, comes from more authoritarian backgrounds and it isn't necessarily biblical. On that note, though, I will say that uh, once a woman, like you've, you've kind of done that, you've showed up in the friend groups, you've made it clear that you're available, um, to at the same time, not then over push. Mm-hmm. Like even the story of Ruth, she kind of did this and waited for, for Boaz to make a decision. Take, and then he took the lead. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so, and if you're the uh, a female always pushing for this and the guy doesn't mm-hmm. ever actually take the initiative, um, then that could have some implications later down the road. So you kind of want to give some room for that guy to, to, to make that call as well to start pursuing. Because probably just as common, if not more, in I, when I think about our church, is not authoritarian guys, but passive guys. Yeah. You know, yep. so I think we also want to encourage the brothers right. along with the sisters. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just be sitting on your hands waiting for that perfect girl to come along and not do anything about it mm-hmm. and just hope that, you know, the stars will align and mm-hmm. you'll find yourself in the dating relationship. You're going to oh, have no. to take a risk both just, i love yes. how you spoke to it to the sisters but i would say the same thing to the guys as well maybe if not more so because more so, yeah. because of how passive we as guys mm-hmm. can be oh absolutely neil uh you know neil texted me when he told the day he told me he liked me he texted me and asked me if we could go on a drive and i thought hmm this is really weird and then he was very open he stated you know he told me he was interested and, and he told me lots of great things. But then it was really funny too. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but he wore a hat and he and he even told me I wore a hat so I'd have to think twice before I'd kiss you because like the bill would. So, I mean, he was like, he was coming. He was ready. He was intentional. He had that hat on. He didn't feel like it was appropriate to kiss me on that first day, but he 
saw something he wanted and and was very intentional um and i i may i it was clear i was available but like neil said i actually played a little hard to get because there was a lot of women who loved neil woolard the worship leader of the big church and so i was not about to be one of those women confessing <laughs> my love i thought hell will freeze over before i confess my love to this man and so i just played i played it out and then when the time was right he was very intentional and i think he was really godly in that well played, both of you. So what were you driving on that first drive? Do you remember the... A salvaged 1995 Red Ford Explorer. I remember it like it was right. yesterday. And it was and it was a KU, uh, for all our uh, Jayhawks fans out there, it was a KU hat that he had on, and we did not kiss on that first day because of that. Excellent. All right, we're going to do lightning round. Okay. Um. Well, this one, it'll be hard to do this as a lightning round, but um, <laughs> how should we think about online dating? I actually have a quick answer for this. Um, don't online date in isolation. So everything we already said, you are not exempt from this in um, online dating. So don't date in isolation. Um, get people involved. Be, women, be safe. If you're going to meet, be cautious, be safe. But get people in your local church and people you trust in your small groups in, involved even as early as the online dating process, maybe even before you meet. So don't use online dating to be digital and disembodied. Prioritize your local church. Who's there? Good. Ever okay to date a non-Christian? No, never okay. <laughs> Don't see the point in it. There are those exceptions of it works out and you hear those stories, but that's not you. You're not the exception, so don't do it. My uh, my parents are going to be here next weekend. Maybe you guys could rebuke them or rebuke <laughs> my mom because she uh, flirted to convert my dad. So did some missionary and dating. that is now Dr. Thomas Schreiner. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's you always hear about these amazing godly relationships of exceptions. Just don't th- just as a rule, don't think you're the exception. Amen. And my parents would be the first to say that. My mom was very young in her faith. I think she was 16. Um, how can a dating couple have healthy accountability? We've already kind of considered that. Why don't you speak to that and then consider if there's any closing remarks, um, any wisdom that you guys want to share with the church that we didn't get to. It seems like this would be common sense, but have deep accountability with someone of the same gender. Mm-hmm. So like be talking to another guy about about the tough details and prioritize someone that's older that's been through it. Um, so be accountable with someone who's been there, same gender. Great. Yeah. Ask people you trust to ask you the hard questions. You need to give that permission to people. Mm-hmm. So ask them, just like Neil said, ask some people you trust to ask you the hard questions and to journey with you. Ask them um, will you will you be in this journey with me through prayer, through through asking questions, through sharing life together? And I have some women doing that with me right now, and it's a it's a really beautiful thing to be on that journey with them, and it's a joy to me. So ask ask someone. We married folk um, would be honored to be a part of that journey. I would underline that and put that in bold. Thank you. It uh, is in bold on some paper I wrote on. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, actually, that. So, if you've written anything about this, if there's any resources, I didn't prepare you for this, but anything off the top of your head, books, articles, uh, podcasts, something that you guys have written that you would um, point people to to think about this subject more. So this probably exposes our background, but I don't feel like I've been able to read many books, good books on dating. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're out there. I mm-hmm. still have them. I think a lot of the wisdom I've been able to glean is from 
discipleship and mm-hmm. talking, talking mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can think mm-hmm. of several marriage books, which isn't bad to read mm-hmm. while you're dating. Neil, what are some of the ones you use in, in premarital counseling? So there's a book called Catching Foxes mm-hmm. that, that we do now for premarital. Uh, Keller's book, A Marriage is Good. Piper's book is helpful. Yeah. Again, don't get too intense and maybe don't read this together like while, you know, at the beginning of your dating relationship. But if the mm-hmm. aim um, of dating is to discern if you were going to marry this person, then I think reading some resources on marriage can be helpful. Mm-hmm. And I would just say the book of Proverbs, um, yeah. the, like mm-hmm. the wisdom books in the Bible are there for a reason. And dating is very much a wisdom category. So even as I've just been in the book of Proverbs lately, I'm just like, man, if I would have implemented some of these things younger in life in our dating if i would have mm-hmm. sought counsel if i would have looked to trusted people if i would have cultivated the fear of the lord earlier in my life dating relationships would have looked drastically different so go to god's word go to proverbs and and, and glean wisdom from the wisdom books that's great uh michael lawrence back in the day wrote a an article on the website Boundless. I don't know if I'd mm. recommend everything on that website, but I think it would be generally a good resource. And he wrote an article called Don't Test Drive Your Girlfriend. I think that's the name of it. So it's more directed towards dudes. It was it was helpful for me mm. back when I was a single guy. Maybe I'll put that in the course notes. Maybe I'll check it out first, see if Michael still agrees with what he said there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys have been great. Anything, anything quick you guys want to add to this conversation? You've been so helpful. No. No, yeah. I I mean, marriage is a joy, I think, and I think dating can be a great thing. The one thing Michael underlined in the panel and might be helpful to say is he said, don't sin. Sin ruins everything. Mm-hmm. And so by God's grace, I know we all still sin, but in a dating relationship to seek out those relationships, like I said in Timothy, in all purity is going to be much more of a joyful experience for you. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you.